number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Welcome, everybody, to the State News Sports Podcast. I'm Stephen Oshansky. Casey Harrison riding shotgun today, and he's a little dead right now. Looks a little like a zombie. He's been up all night battling an bumps. undisclosed injury. Uh, we won't get into that one. Just know that he's uh, he's a little bit under the weather, so you have to forgive him today. But prepare yourselves. I'm miserable. Yeah. You know who else is going to be miserable this weekend? You're going to have to prepare yourselves. Michigan State going to get molly whopped. By the Michigan Wolverines, there's really no ifs, ands, or buts around it. Michigan State, pretty much favored. They're not favored, obviously, but Michigan favored by 24 and a half seems a little generous to me, but we'll get into that. We're talking Michigan State, Michigan, that breakdown. It's rivalry week after all. You know, great time of the year to be in this state when both teams are good, but when one's 2-5 and five and the other's 7-0, and oh, there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about talking about how good Michigan is. They're going to they're gonna roll Michigan State. And then after that, we're talking Cubs World Series. Can they take three on at Wrigley? Is Kyle Schwarber going to be the difference maker for the Cubs in this one? And can the Indians, who have uh, been very anemic on the road with their bats, can they get it going at Wrigley and take it more than one game? We'll get into that. But we're going to go back to Michigan State. We'll lead that off. We'll lead off with that one today. As Dexter Fowler leads off with the Cubs, we'll lead off with Michigan, Michigan State. And... Casey, just how bad is Michigan State going to get rolled? Oh, it's it's really bad. I, I think that 24-point spread is generous uh, because Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines have seen the last play of the game over, over and, and over. over and over, and it's stuck with them. I can rest assured that. And seven of the last eight years, the Spartans have been able to come out victorious and hold bragging rights for another 365 days, and that's going to change because Jim Harbaugh is going to—he's not only going to win, he's going to run up the score on the Spartans. He's going to step on their throat, and he's going to make them pay for the last decade of just mollywhopping the Wolverines. And you know, what? I'm looking at the uh, matchup predictor right now on ESPN, and according to their like supercomputer, they've got a 96% chance of winning, while MSU only has a 4% chance of winning that but game. But that other 4%'s heart, man. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Spartans may have more, a little bit more heart, and they may want this one. Oh, you know, we can always talk about how Michigan State fans and Spartans and Michigan State University has a little bit more heart than their brothers down there in Ann Arbor. But it ain't going to make a difference this week. It doesn't even matter what Michigan State even walks onto the field with. You could walk onto the field with a whole Spartan army, and Michigan's still going to win this game. You, uh, you, could, you could have Gerard Butler come back and do his 300 thing again. Michigan, you can get the whole place amped, but Michigan's still going to roll. And I have no problem with Michigan fans just kind of taking over the stadium because why, why, would, why would Michigan State fans want to go to a 2-5? and five? Why would oh, they want to yeah. watch a, a team that loses to vastly inferior teams for five weeks in a row? And then why how they somehow believe they're going to beat Michigan in a rivalry game? I, um, I, like, Give me I, a break, please. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, uh, the other side of that coin is that you can't let the Wolverines come onto your home turf and just overrun the stadium. Right. Uh, yeah, if you're gonna, if they're the, gonna walk if in you, here, if you're looking at them. it from a pride standpoint, and if you're a fan going to the game, then you got to stay the whole until the clock hits zero, pretty much. And I just think you're dumb if you're going. Yeah, <laughs> I get <laughs> I mean, the rivalry I, game, and there's maybe a chance that they pull one out. You never know; they could have 24 block punts and score one touchdown off of this. I would never subject myself to just 60 minutes of pure horror and terror and 
torture. I mean, you're gonna have obnoxious. Like it, it goes the same way. It's the same way for both sides. Yeah. Like if you if you know your team's gonna get rolled, like that one year, or, like if Michigan was like three, like let's say Michigan was in this position, they're going down to Ann Arbor. Let's say these, let's flip the script a little bit. Michigan State seven and zero, and they're going to Ann Arbor, and Michigan's two and five, trying to defend their home turf. As a Michigan fan, why would you want to go? If you know the inevitable outcome. And if you were a Michigan State fan, why would you want to? Why would you want to go if you knew that they were just going to get mollywhopped? You don't. You don't want to go. Why would you want to sit there with obnoxious Michigan or Michigan State fans just jabbing in your ear the whole game? You don't. You don't want to deal with it. You're hearing, "Oh, our team's so much better than yours. You guys suck. Go back to the past, little brother." Or, "Oh, you can't still still can't beat us. Jim Jim's not a good coach. You still can't beat Mark." Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't want to deal with that either. So I have no problem with people not wanting to go to the game. Oh, is your duty as a good fan? No, you're trying to save money. The time commitment on a Saturday? Yeah, it all, it's all worth it when the team's good and they're winning something. But once, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's a little different now that Michigan State's won some things in my lifetime that uh, you know, seemed kind of would never happen before a long time ago. So them and the Rose Bowl and, and other things like that, you know, after all this this time, is it almost seems like well, there's nothing. They're not playing for anything this year. There's nothing really left to play for for this year. I mean, beating Michigan, that's no longer uh, that should no longer be a, a goal of the season, in a sense, where that's the one thing that makes or breaks your season. Michigan State's competing for championships now. They're playing for Big Ten titles, national championships. That's that's where you want your program to be, not going back to, oh, if we can just beat Michigan or if we can just beat Ohio State, the season's not a lost season. Yeah, if you ruined Michigan's year, that's one thing. But when your team has gone to the college football playoff once or twice, and uh, well, once now, and has gone to the Big Ten championship game three times and won it twice, your goal anymore should not be to beat Michigan every year. Your goal should be to win those Big Ten titles again, not when, oh, our season's tanking, Let's just beat Michigan. It'll all be okay. It's not going to be okay. It's not how that works. So, Casey? Well, I, I think at the same time you can say that, like, this. I mean, if MSU doesn't make a bowl game, which that looks pretty likely, you have to take some kind of silver lining out of this season. I, I don't it, think so. If you're a fan, you've got to take at least something now. Maybe if it helps you sleep. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're a fan, you can't just be content with three and nine. No. Like, no, I, a win over Michigan will be big just because yeah, it, but if it, it makes somebody sense of season, satisfaction. Awful. You shouldn't be. It shouldn't I mean, be a making. That shouldn't, this be, shouldn't make. That shouldn't make your season after the way this this program's gone in the past ten years. That's not a benchmark years. to measure the program. But that's it, not what it, I'm talking about. It's something about. to just hold no, no, yourself. No, no, no. But th- th- that's dumb at this point. At this point, yeah, you should but expect to beat Michigan th- every year. The season's over. So yeah, what? don't you? But then you, then it's it's reporting back to the old days. And so when it's a, almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't think there's anything wrong with resorting back to the old days. Yes, for there is. One season. No, no you can't. When you hold yourself to a higher standard, when this program how holds are you going to hold yourself to a higher standard? This program holds itself to a higher standard. Your program isn't standard. even making a bowl game, Stephen. Oh my lord, you're allowed a bad season. Yeah, exactly. That's not what I'm saying, though. You you got to hear me out. I'm I saying am when, you're, you when out. your program holds to a high standard, the goal shouldn't be oh when we tank, it's just beating Michigan, everything's okay. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That it's not like I'm not saying it is going to be okay. I'm just saying for fans, it's okay for them to take no, it's not. a win no, over Michigan. It, it's not. Yes, it, it is. is. Not. not anymore. This isn't 1980. This isn't uh, 1990. That's not what I'm saying. 
This but, is the early 2000s anymore. But what else do you want to take out of a three and nine season? There's nothing you can take out of this. Oh, so that you just want there's going to be some coaching changes, and then you you have better your team will mature, and you can. You come just back want next your fans year. to be miserable for another in, 365 you days. For another, you pack it in for another year, for another 365. Yeah, yeah they, or until next fall. Yeah, at this point, there was nothing left to take out of it. Okay, a win over Michigan really doesn't mean anything anymore. So you're saying that doesn't generate some sense of joy. It doesn't sure, resonate sure it with will. the fans. But here's the other thing with that: if they win, I'm not. I would, yeah, you can be happy as a fan. You can be, oh yeah, we won. Oh, but, but you when you look mad. at your season, you're like, oh, but yeah, you should be upset. Because if your team can somehow beat the number two team in the country, it's not that Michigan is overrated. It's that your team's got a problem with getting up for other teams. Yeah, and like where I'm coming from, I'm not saying that I disagree with you. I'm just trying to give a fan's perspective because that's what they would see it as. But but at this point, it doesn't make any sense for fans to just go, I just need to beat Michigan and everything's going to be fine. Or I'm going to feel good about myself. Well, your team still sucks. And Michigan's still a better team than you, even if you somehow win. Yeah. No, but I mean, as an MSU fan, you derail the Wolverine season. They'll probably not miss, or they probably will miss the college football playoff. I guess that's what makes me different from the average. Yes. The average little Joe on and the And like I said, I agree with you. I'm just offering that other perspective. I see where you're going with that. When we come back, we'll talk about the Cubs. My Cubs, do they have a shot at taking all three in Wrigley? I know they're going to at least take one or two, but can they take all three and win it at home in Game 5? What a joyous celebration that will be. Casey doesn't think so. No. We'll get into that one when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. Can the Cubs clinch at Wrigley? That is the question. I don't think they can do it. Um... It's going to take a lot to take three from the Indians in a row. Well, they would actually take four in a row, and I don't think the Cubs can do it. They've got the pitching, and they've got the home field advantage, at least for the weekend. Um, But you heard Joe Buck say it. You heard everybody else say it um, on the broadcast that every good team tries to take at least one from that series, and the Indians are a good team. You saw that in game one. They overpower the Cubs in every aspect of the game. Then it kind of flip-flopped in game two. So this is going to be a very back-and-forth series, what you can see. Kyle Schwarber, he's not even going to be playing in the field, so he's only going to be a pinch hitter. He's, you're only going to have to worry about him late in the game. And as long as the Cleveland starting rotation can make it five, six innings, and once they hand it off to the bullpen, once you get to Cody Allen and Andrew Miller, then it's going to be tough to get past Cleveland. Um, I, see, I see where you're going with that, but at the same time, the Cubs also derailed Bauer and the rest of the bullpen in game two. Well, yeah. Because but, you, you, you can only pitch, what's his face, Andrew Miller only only every other game. He didn't pitch in game two. I, I think come crunch time, I mean, when you ask a pitcher to go on short rest, that's right. what they live for in the postseason. Right. And, and, but the, the other thing is it, it's a weird series with the Cubs because anytime they seem like, oh, they're going to get overpowered or whatnot, they always come through. Yeah, but, I mean, you can't use that as a track record going forward. Well, I mean, going when forward. you do it against Bumgarner and Kershaw. I mean, yeah, uh, but I, I, I don't think they never necessarily rebounded against Kershaw. They just got to him early and... Right, he then, wasn't able to establish himself. Well then they, I'm sure they've seen the Andrew Miller. And that's they've kind gone of the same thing with they, Bumgarner. If you look at the the 
I'm sure they go back and watch the the tapes of what they could do against Andrew Miller. And what you got to do is be aggressive with the good with the good pitchers. You got to be aggressive early in the count. Yeah, and that's how they got to Kershaw. And that's how they got. That's how they'll get to if they're if they're gonna when they face Kluber again. That's what they're gonna have to do. I'm just saying they're not gonna sweep the weekend. It's gonna go back to Cleveland. Right. I think they take two. Um, I think Cubs still win the series, but it's just not gonna be at Wrigley. Yeah. I mean, I I really wanted to win at, at Wrigley just because it'd be a nicer story. But um, oh yeah, but yeah. I, I, I would have to agree that the Indians, I think, take one. Um, the other thing, is, but the, the thing with the Indians' bats, though, is they're like I think they hit over two eighty at home, but on the road they hit under two thirty as a team. So it'll be interesting to see you know what the matchups are. You got Kyle Hendricks going tonight. Uh, he'll probably be lights out if he plays like himself. And he'll I think lights out. I think the key thing to watch for and for the Cleveland batting order is just how well Kipnis does because Kipnis is a big part of that offense. And you saw he was shut down in game two. Cleveland didn't really do that much. You got Carrasco. He's all right. Um, I'm sorry, not Carrasco. Francisco Lindor. Um, he, he's kind of been the bread and butter of the offense. And then you get guys like Mike Napoli and uh, Santana. If Santana, he's also a very instrumental part, and he's a very streaky guy. So if Chicago can keep him in check and a couple of those other guys that I mentioned, then, I mean, Cubs might have a chance to sweep at home, but there's no way in my mind that I see them going Friday, Saturday, and Sunday all with wins. Right. I, I just don't see it. Right. Do you think they win tonight? Uh, who, who, who's going? Who's the starting probables? Uh, you got Hendricks, uh, blanket on the Indians one right now. Um, I know at least I, Hendricks for the Cubs. Hendricks, yeah, he probably gets the job done. Um, but it, you know, going going forward, uh, the the Schwarber thing, uh, I think it's right not to play him in the field. I mean, the guy's not fast enough. You need better defense. The Cubs oh, yeah. have always the mo with the Cubs has always been defense. So if you're gonna, you, you need to have your best defenders out of the field, and and so you can't have Kyle Schwarber out there playing left field. Yeah. So you'll you'll need all your guys playing. Uh, he's going to be more than adequate as a pinch hitter. So it's it's going to be whether or not the Cubs decide how they want to win the World Series. I think. And going back to that <laughs> matchup, it's Josh Tomlin, who's yeah. uh, he's got a two and zero record in the postseason with a two point five three earned run average. Um, he's been good. He's been a fairly pleasant surprise if you're a Cleveland fan. And he's kind of, I mean, he's been good all season, but to get those kind of numbers out of the blue is what you need. That's a clutch performer. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a very hard-fought battle, especially tonight when you get a guy with a 2.53 ERA and a 1.65. I mean, those are, offense isn't going to do very well tonight either way. Whether the Cubs win or lose the series, I mean, that's going to happen this weekend or elsewhere. But when we come back, we're going to bring in a special guest and give you the picks. Welcome back, everybody. Time for the best part of the week. We'll give you the Friday selections for this week's biggest games in the Big Ten and around the country. Connor Clark, special guest, features editor here at the State News, quite the sports guy, and the kid from Chicago. He's joining us in studio. Clark, how you doing? Doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on the show. Good. And so let me, let's get into this one. Number three, Clemson, in our first national game of the week, going down to Florida State. Clemson 7-0, 4-0 in the ACC. Florida State 5-2, 2-2 in 
in the ACC. That's an 8 o'clock matchup. Clemson favored by four in this one. Over to you, Clark. Got to go with Clemson. Big games that really seem to figure out a way to win. It's not always pretty. Uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, people love him to be the best quarterback coming out. Um, you know, there might be some turnovers here or there, but at the end of the day, Clemson always seems to find a way, one last play, to always take it. That's quadruple fours for Clark, Chicago, Clemson, Connor, and Clark, so give go over to KT. Make that number five. Uh, oh, you know, <laughs> Clemson, uh, they had a couple close games. Louisville comes to mind, NC State comes to mind, and Florida State knows that. Uh, that that this is going to be a big game, and so I think Clemson though still pulls it off because they're clearly the better team, and I I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson goes past the spread. I have not picked against Clemson this whole year, so I'm going to have to stay with Clemson. Give me Clemson on uh, this one. They're going to cover the spread there. Game number two, number four, Washington, 7-0, and 4-0 in the Pac-12 down at Utah. This Utah 7-1, 4-1 in the Pac-12. That's a 3-30 kickoff, a little national game of the week. Uh, Washington favored in this one by 11. Over to you, Casey. Well, uh, you know... Washington's a really good school. Uh, they beat up on Oregon earlier in the year. And the Utes, they were my favorite to win the Pac-12 coming Ooh. into the season. But I don't think they can do it. Uh, I think Washington covers the spread. That pick no longer looking out very good for you. Over to you, Clark. You know, I actually like Utah in this game. Uh, tough place to play. A lot of people don't really, you know, Utah hasn't been one of the most national recognized programs. And Washington, especially in this past draft, has really been pushing out talent. Uh, but a lot of tough talent. You know, it's tough to go up against in Utah. Uh, you know, I really think they stunned one here. Uh, I'm going to take Washington in this one. Uh, sorry, Clark, but I'm going to take Washington. Give me Washington by a touchdown in this one. Number three game of the week, overrated West Virginia, number 10, 6-0, 3-0 in the uh, Big 12 at Oklahoma State, who lost to Central Michigan. Uh, everybody should know that one because we hate Central here. 5-2, uh, and 3-1 and one in the Big 12. That's a noon kickoff. West Virginia only favored by 3.5 down there in uh, Stillwater. Over to you, Casey. Well, uh, you know, by the transit of property, uh, Central Michigan beat Oklahoma State, and that means that <laughs> that they're, they're pretty much evenly matched with the number 10 team in the country. That'd be Western Virginia. And I, I think CMU wins this game if they're in. So give me Oklahoma State by, by three and a half. You know, all I know is during this game is I'm really not going to see much defense out of it. I'm going to go for a big shootout, but, you know, I think uh, – West Virginia really got the guns to pull that off. Uh, I'm also going to go, I'm going to stay with the Mountaineers in this one because I just hate Central Michigan and I hate that Oklahoma State had to lose to them. So give me West Virginia in this one. Fourth game of our national slate. Number 14, Florida, 5 and 1, 3 and 1 in the SEC, down at the uh, nice little uh, in between the hedges down there in Georgia. Georgia unranked 4 and 3, 2 and 3 in the SEC, 3.30 kickoff. Florida only favored in this one by eight in one of the big rivalry games of the SEC. Over to you, Connor. You know, the dogs this year have been a real letdown, in my opinion. They've been had a lot of, you know, great running backs over the past few years, really not panning out this year. And the Gators, you know, they've been kind of hopping on a national spotlight. You know, when Tim Tebow used to be there, it was always Gators. And Gators are coming back. Love them this year. You, uh... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking here. Oh, boy. Uh, Come Georgia, on, get your act together, son. Yeah, go, go for Georgia, it. you know, they had the uh, great Matt Stafford, who's having a pretty good season this year. But Ooh. since then, Ooh, haven't really drop. produced a whole lot. Uh, I like the Gators in this one. Uh, I know a kid who plays for Florida. Plus, I don't like Georgia very much because they let me down. Give me Florida in this one by more than eight. Give me them by 14. I'll 
fifth game of the national slate. Number eight, Baylor. I don't like Baylor. Six and zero, three and zero in the Big Twelve. Texas. At Texas for this one, three and four, one and three in the Big Twelve. Baylor favored by three and a half. Connor, give me your pick. I mean, Texas in a downward spiral. You know, they have so many problems coming around. You know, thinking about new head coaches, different things like that. You know, I got to go with Baylor. I know all the Art Brown stuff last year, but they really <laughs> seem to get their act together. They're getting, you know, they're coming back and they've been playing well. So I got to roll with Baylor. You know, I know how Steven feels about Baylor. I feel pretty similar. And there's always a big upset in college football. Uh, it goes from week to week. And I think Baylor kind of falls off the pedestal. I think Texas gets a really big win for the program. And I'm going to take the Longhorns. I hate Baylor, but i got to pick them in this one. Give me Baylor by a touchdown. Big Ten slate. Casey, take it away. Yes, uh, Northwestern, the Wildcats, 4-3, and 3-1 three, three and one in the Big Ten. At number six, Ohio State, uh, they're 6-1 and 3-1 and and in the Big Ten. That's a 3-30 game. OSU favored by a mere 27.5. Clark, who you got? Well, you got to go with the Buckeyes. I mean, especially after last week, some unfortunate nature against Penn State. They're going to be coming fired. I think they're going to cover this spread. I think they're going to do it relatively easy, and JT Barrett's going to be a wizard today. Everybody's favorite dream killer, Northwestern. Can't pick them in this one. Give me Ohio State by uh, by at least 28. Give me the Buckeyes by big here. Game number two, uh, we've got some minor technical difficulties coming on right now. Number 24, Penn State getting ranked after the big win to Ohio State. 5-2, and 3-1 and one in the conference at Purdue, who are 3-4 and four and 1-3 and three in the Big Ten. Just got a new coach. That game kicks off at noon, though. Penn State favored by two touchdowns. Clark? Uh, you know, you got to go with Penn State. You know, it doesn't see much liveliness out of Purdue. Uh, big win last week. You know, hopefully they can uh, stay the course. You know, sometimes after a big win like this, you kind of get a letdown the next week, but I think they'll continue right through. Uh, Nittany Lions can't really stop a train in real life, but they're going to they're gonna derail it this weekend. <laughs> Give me Penn State yeah. over Purdue. <laughs> Nittany Lions got this one, no problem. Game number three, Maryland 5-2, and 2-2 two, two and two in the Big Ten, just beat the Spartans at Indiana. Uh, both of these teams defeating the Spartans. Uh, the Hoosiers are 3-4 and four and 1-3 and in conference play. That game kicks off at 3-30, Maryland favored by 3.5. Clark, who you got? I'm going with the Hoosiers. I, you know, both teams can move the ball pretty well. Definitely not a you know defensive game, but I think it's going to come down to just shot for shot. Who's going to get the last one? I think you know when it comes down to it, the Hoosiers are going to they're going to run it out. Give me Maryland in this one. Maryland becomes the one of the other teams in the Big Ten to become bowl eligible with this one. Give me Maryland over Indiana. You know what? Uh, because the old brass platoon's not here. I'm a little salty. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> Indiana is a tough place to play. Uh, ask Tyler O'Connor or anybody on the MSU team. Uh, so I think Hoosier's got this one. I like to say Hoosier Daddy because I've got oh. some relatives that go to Indiana, and I think that the Hoosiers have this one no problem. Uh, next game, number seven, Nebraska, seven and zero and four and zero in the Big Ten. At number eleven, Wisconsin. Wisconsin rounding out the gauntlet, five and two, two and two in Big Ten play. That game's at seven p.m. Uh, Wisconsin favored by nine and a half. St- or, uh, I'm sorry, Stephen, who you got? Give me Wisconsin. I don't think I think Nebraska the biggest hack job in the Big Ten or for and the nation for undefeated teams. Give me Wisconsin in a low scoring, but Wisconsin comes out. Uh, they'll cover that spread, so give me Wisconsin. I mean, Badgers have been battered, beard, fried, everything going through. Well, <laughs> corn schedule. fed boys, definitely some corn fed boys there. But you know, I think they're going to come out of it. I I see you know week after week. Nebraska getting a little more comfortable, starting to ride it, starting to get a little hype, you know, a little more pep in their step. But I think Wisconsin's going to come out there and get them. 
You know, uh, Nebraska's undefeated for a reason, and but I don't think they win against the Badgers. Uh, I think Wisconsin wins at a last-second field goal. Uh, game number five, varsity team, number two, Michigan, 7-0, 4-0 in the Big Ten, taking on the little boys. Michigan State, 2-5, 0-4 in the Big Ten. That game is at noon for good reason because I want to move on with my day. Uh, the line Oof. on that game, Michigan favored by 24-and-a-half. Clark, who you got? I, I mean, I got Michigan. I, that line's pretty generous. I think 24-and-a-half is almost selling the Wolverines short on this one. I don't really see as I watch, you know, Michigan State play, I don't think there's any really signs to show that we have a stunner here. Um, you know, maybe some previous history. Maybe you hope the rivalry can help stir it up, but I got the Wolverines in big. If you just can't get over yourself, you probably think Michigan State has a chance to win in this one. But uh, I picked a, I picked Michigan 55-10. to 10. That's a 45-point spread for everybody out there who can't do the math. Give me Michigan State to lose this one big. Give me the Wolverines. Gonna gonna roll this one out by the second quarter. Give me the Wolverines. I've uh, I've got a hot take for you. I've, oh boy. Uh, oh boy. Messiah DeWeaver starts oh the game God. for the Spartans. Get, get, get shut up. Get and out of here. he defeats just, Messiah stop. Jim. So oh, all, <laughs> all joking aside, oh uh, yeah, the Wolverines Turn are gonna roll over the Spartans, and that that's a no doubter. Also, we got a bonus pick for you. Michigan Daily at State News, an annual tradition on a Friday night before the game. We're playing them tonight over at Munfield. This Michigan Daily at State News is a 7.30 p.m. kickoff tonight at Munfield. Daily rolling in here favored by two points over and under on this one. 12 points in this game. Who you got, Clark? Clark, I know you're coaching, but who you got? Well, you know, I gotta be a little loyal to the state news. I think we got a great Roma talent. We got some nice speed on the outside. I think we're uh, we're definitely gonna turn uh, turn some heads. We're gonna try to get a big crowd out there. Really get a good home atmosphere. Definitely gotta take the over on the twelve. We'll see uh, how defense Ooh. fares, but uh, I think we're gonna be gonna be looking for a shootout. You, uh, I, I've been with this team for a year now, and I, it might be selfish to pick the state news. And I read that. C- column by uh, Max Boltman. It was Ooh. very well written. Oh, don't throw too think, much shade out here. I think it was all just uh, smoke and mirrors. Uh, I, I think State News has this no problem. We've got a chip on our shoulder. We're trying to snap an 11-game winning streak by the daily, and uh, State News got this no problem. I'm quarterbacking tonight in 11 years. I'm going to come to an end tonight. Give me State News by two in this one. Final score, eight to six. Give me state news in this one. That'll do it for the picks. That'll do it for our show. We'll see everybody on Tuesday. Final thoughts from Connor. Final thoughts from Casey. Well, uh, just uh, remember to follow us on social media. I've said it before. If you probably listened this far in, you know what it is by now. Um, Clark, over (laughs) to you. Spartan fans, make sure you hit up Tom something. Just be ready for after the onslaught come Saturday. You're going to have a long afternoon. Enjoy your Halloween. Stay safe. Hopefully some good costumes out there. Clark is a good friend of ours. We thank him for joining us on the show today. And I got nothing to add for it. We'll see everybody on Tuesday. Have a good weekend.